Adventure with Pirates by James O. Brayman. Coffee Break Collection 18. Pirates. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Adventure with Pirates. There lived, not many years ago, on the eastern shore of Mount Desert, a large island off the coast of Maine, an old fisherman by the name of Jedediah Spinnet, who owned a schooner of some hundred tons burden in which he, together with some four stout sons, was wont to go, about once a year, to the Grand Banks for the purpose of catching codfish. The old man had five things, upon the peculiar merits of which he loved to boast, his schooner, Betsy Jenkins, and his four sons. The four sons were all their father represented them to be, and no one ever doubted his word when he said that their like was not to be found for fifty miles around. The oldest was thirty-two, while the youngest had just completed his twenty-sixth year, and they answered to the names of Seth, Andrew, John, and Samuel. One morning a stranger called upon Jedediah to engage him to take to Havana some iron machinery belonging to steam engines for sugar plantations. The terms were soon agreed upon, and the old man and his sons immediately set about putting the machinery on board. That accomplished, they set sail for Havana with a fair wind, and for several days proceeded on their course without any adventure of any kind one morning however a vessel was descried off their starboard quarter which after some hesitation the old man pronounced a pirate there was not much time allowed them for doubting for the vessel soon saluted them with a very agreeable whizzing of an eighteen-pound shot under the stern that means for us to heave too remarked the old man then i guess we'd better do it hadn't we said seth of course. Accordingly, the Betsy Jenkins was brought up into the wind, and her main boom hauled over to windward. Now, boys, said the old man, as soon as the schooner came to a stand, all we can do is to be as cool as possible, and to trust to fortune. There is no way to escape that I can see now, but, perhaps, if we are civil, they will take such stuff as they want, then let us go. At any rate, there is no use crying about it, for it can't be helped. Now, get your pistols, and see that they are surely loaded, and have your knives ready, but be sure and hide them, so that the pirates shall see no show of resistance. In a few moments all the arms which the schooner afforded, with the exception of one or two old muskets, were secured about the persons of our down-easters, and they quietly awaited the coming of the schooner. One word more, boys, said the old man, just as the pirate came round under the stern. Now watch every movement I make, and be ready to jump the moment I speak. As Captain Spinnet ceased speaking, the pirate luffed under the fisherman's lee quarter, and, in a moment more, the latter's deck was graced with the presence of a dozen as savage-looking mortals as eyes ever rested upon. Are you the captain of this vessel? demanded the leader of the boarders, as he approached the old man. 
Yes, sir. What is your cargo? Machinery for engines. Nothing else? asked the pirate with a searching look. At this moment, Captain Spinnet's eye caught what looked like a sail off to the southward and eastward, but no sign betrayed the discovery, and, while a brilliant idea shot through his mind, he hesitatingly replied, Well, th there is a little something else. Ha! And what is it? Why, sir, perhaps I hadn't ought to tell, said Captain Spinnet, counterfeiting the most extreme perturbation. You see, twas given to me as a sort of trust, and it wouldn't be right for me to give up. You can take anything else you please, for I suppose I can't help myself. You are an honest codger, at any rate, said the pirate. But, if you would live ten minutes longer, just tell me what you've got on board, and exactly where it lays. The sight of the cocked pistol brought the old man to his senses, and, in a deprecating tone, he muttered, don't kill me sir don't i'll tell you all we have got forty thousand silver dollars nailed up in boxes and stowed away under some of the boxes just forward of the cabin bulkhead but mr defoe didn't suspect that anybody would have thought of looking for it there perhaps so chuckled the pirate while his eyes sparkled with delight and then turning to his own vessel he ordered all but three of his men to jump on board the yankee in a few moments the pirates had taken off the hatches, and, in their haste to get at the silver dollars, they forgot all else. But not so with Spinet. He had his wits at work, and no sooner had the last of the villains disappeared below the hatchway than he turned to his boys. Now, boys, for our lives. Seth, you clap your knife across the fore throat and peak halyards, and you, John, cut the main. Be quick now and the moment you've done it, jump aboard the pirate. Andrew and Sam, you cast off the pirate's grapplings, and then you jump. Then we'll walk into them three chaps aboard the clipper. Now for it! No sooner were the last words out of the old man's mouth than his sons did exactly as they had been directed. The fore and main halyards were cut, and the two grapplings cast off at the same instant, and, as the heavy gaffs came rattling down, our five heroes leaped on board the pirate. The moment the clipper felt at liberty, her head swung off, and, before the astonished buccaneers could gain the decks of the fishermen, their own vessel was a cable's length to leeward, sweeping gracefully away before the wind, while the three men left in charge were easily secured. "'Hello there!' shouted Captain Spinnet as the luckless pirates crowded around the lee gangway of their prize. When you find them silver dollars, just let us know, will you? Half a dozen pistol shots was all the answer the old man got, but they did him no harm, and, crowding up all sail, he made for the vessel he had discovered, which lay dead to leeward of him, and which he made out to be a large ship. The clipper cut through the water like a dolphin, and, in a remarkably short space of time, Spinet luffed up under the ship's stern and explained all that had happened. The ship proved to be an East Indiaman bound for Charleston, having, all told, thirty men on board, twenty of whom at once jumped into the clipper and offered their services in helping to take the pirate. 
before dark captain spinet was once more within hailing distance of his own vessel and raising a trumpet to his mouth he shouted schooner ahoy will you quietly surrender yourselves prisoners if we come on board come and try it returned the pirate captain as he brandished his cutlass above his head in a threatening manner which seemed to indicate that he would fight to the last but that was his last moment for seth was crouched below the bullocks taking deliberate aim along the barrel of a heavy rifle and as the bloody villain was in the act of turning to his men the sharp crack of seth spinet's weapon rang its fatal death peal and the next moment the captain fell back into the arms of his men with a brace of bullets in his heart now shouted the old man as he levelled the long pivot gun and seized a lighted match i'll give you just five minutes to make your minds up in and if you don't surrender i'll blow every one of you into the other world the death of their captain and with all the sight of the pivot gun its peculiar properties they knew full well brought the pirates to their senses and they threw down their weapons and agreed to give themselves up in two days from that time captain spinet delivered his cargo safely in havana gave the pirate into the hands of the civil authorities and delivered the clipper up to the government in return for which he received a sum of money sufficient for an independence during the remainder of his life as well as a very handsome medal from the government End of Adventure with Pirates